Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bayer Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, 11-year pro, and Cal Hall of Famer. Well, we've had a week to digest what went on with Washington State in Memorial Stadium. And as we look back, obviously, they say time heals all wounds. You get an opportunity as a analyst myself and as a fan to kind of reflect on the game. And obviously, none of us are very satisfied with it. None of us are very happy about it. We all had high expectations for the Bears coming into the season. And it's been one of those seasons. They have been ultimately close in at least three of the games that they lost, where there was an opportunity to make a play or not make a play. And the Bears have not been able to make that play. I say it all the time on the air when I'm broadcasting games. It's between five and eight plays every single game that make the difference in that game. Now, blowouts are different, but in, in games that are close or contested, it's five to eight plays. When your team is dialed in, when they have confidence, when they have that belief that they're going to make the play, those plays tend to go your way. The Bears have not had that belief. They have not had that confidence this year. And some of it has to do with the turnover in players, younger players playing at different positions. Uh, some of it has to do with players not playing up to expectations. But this week, they go up to Oregon, going to play at Autzen Stadium in Eugene versus the Ducks. The Ducks are a very talented football team. Now, they've been hit by the injury bug a little bit. And we'll talk about that a little bit later down the line. But they have seemed this year to play up in big games and down uh, in lesser games. Obviously, Stanford got the best of them. And Fresno State took them to the wire. Now, turns out Fresno State looks like a better team, although they have a bad loss too. So when I saw that game early with Fresno State, I thought, huh, maybe Oregon's not as good. And then I saw them take on Ohio State, and I thought, ooh, maybe Oregon's really good then Ohio State hasn't been the team that we expected either. So I'm not sure exactly what to think about the Ducks. I've watched a couple games. Kevon Thibodeau is going to miss the first half of the game because he was thrown out for a targeting in, in their last game in, uh, versus Stanford. And so both Oregon and Cal come into this game on a bye week, and it's a Friday night game on ESPN, so all the national spotlights are on them. And the Bears are going to have to see if that emotion gets them up for the game, if they can start to make those plays that they need to make. Oregon's without C.J. Verdell. He got injured. They just lost a DB. They've lost a couple of other uh, players, including linebacker Lowe, some guys who are really good players for the Ducks. And so the Bears might be getting them at exactly the right time with both teams coming off a of bye week. Uh, it's going to be interesting going into it. But I had an opportunity earlier to talk to head coach Justin Wilcox, looking back both at the loss to Washington State, and looking forward at the game at Oregon and how the Bears handled the bye week. So let's take a look at that now. Well, join me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And coach, you've had a week kind of post-Washington State, a uh, little time to get some practice in, kind of refresh it in terms of football. But let's talk about that game versus the Cougs a little bit and kind of give me your review of the game after watching film, what you thought. Well, we uh, certainly expected to play better than we did with with all due respect to Washington State, we felt like we had a good plan and a good week of practice going into the game. And uh, we really kind of struggled to find rhythm throughout the game. I think that's per pretty obvious. Uh, you know, offensively, uh, the, the first drive uh, really well executed, ran it and, and threw it pretty effectively and put it in the end zone. Uh, we weren't able to connect on the point after, which is a bit frustrating. And uh, it's something we've uh, can have practiced uh, a lot and you're going to continue to practice and uh, just to 
to find ways to help our players uh, perform when it's when it's game day. Um, then for the rest of the game, you know, the, the uh, and offensively, we just struggled to, to get much rhythm going, whether it was first and second down, normal down and distance, third down conversions weren't real good at all. Um, you know, we had our opportunities in there and we just made a, you know, some mistakes that we hadn't seen in a while. Um, we didn't, you know, it was really just, uh, we didn't run the ball uh, especially well. We didn't pass it or block especially well. So I think, uh, you know, with, with that being said, we struggled on offense. And then defensively, uh, you know, early in the game, the first two drive, the first drive really had a, uh, gave up a couple plays and then they scored. And then we blocked the punt, which they turned into a first down and then uh, gave up a big play, had a 15 yard penalty and then had the third down. The, the guy made a really nice catch there in the corner of the end zone. Um, and, uh, you know, in the, uh, there in the third quarter, gave up another drive, just kind of had a couple opportunities, had an opportunity for a sack on a third and five where the guy scrambled around and went for, you know, 25 yards. Um, so really kind of frustrating there, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there were a bunch of series where the defense actually played pretty well. Uh, three really bad series and the rest of them were pretty dang good. Um, ultimately, the team, we didn't play well enough. We didn't, uh, coaches, players, everybody, uh, Need to, we need to perform better on game day. And uh, I keep saying it, but the, the weeks of practice have been really good. Uh, guys have uh, attention to detail in practice. They're, they're trying to do the right things. And uh, we just have to carry that over to, to game day. And obviously, football is a team game, right? So it takes all 22 guys pulling on the same rope to win the deal. But this day and age of football, if the defense, you know, you gave up the three scores, but if you give up three touchdowns, you, you have to feel like you have a chance to win those games, don't you? Uh, I guess it depends. I mean, I, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to win in, in uh, college football. Um, the offenses are good. You know, it's hard to stop people uh, to hold them to zero, but, but we could have done a much better job on defense and a couple of those drives to give us a better chance. And then offensively, if we would have uh, maybe just kind of played with the same rhythm we had the, la the previous two weeks, we probably would have put some points on the board and, you know, there wasn't really one in particular position. Uh, just as a whole, we didn't do a good job. And that's, uh, you know, that's ultimately my responsibility is the, the performance of the team. So I have to do better. Uh, coaches, we have to help the players. And then the players have to take responsibility for their own performance as well. Obviously, as a quarterback, right, I focus on the quarterback position. Um, Chase is a fourth-year starter. I watch the game. Washington State is an edge rush team, right? They're a pressure team. They want to make you feel uncomfortable in the pocket. But as a fourth-year senior, you got to have you, – you have to feel the rhythm of the game and have that understanding. It seemed like Chase was out of rhythm during this game in terms of eyes in the wrong place, feet in the wrong place, not getting through his reads or staying with his reads when he needed to. Talk about kind of what was going on with the quarterback spot. Yeah, I think, you know, offensively, you can talk about Chase or, or the O-line or the really the receivers, the running backs. Like, we, we didn't have rhythm – uh, really other than the first drive, you know, and um, it, uh, if it was one thing that caused that, um, you know, we would just kind of, you know, identify that and, and move forward. But it was, you know, kind of uncharacteristic of that group. I mean, I thought we had protected really well in the previous couple games of pass protection. And then we, you know, we had, uh, you know, for example, coming out in the third quarter, first play, we had a double move call and the guys open. We just didn't quite get it protected on the, on the edge and got a sack. So that changes 
I mean, it, that, that's one play that can change the game there. And, um, you know, we didn't, you know, the run game, I think we had a couple good runs in there, had a, had a, again, early in the game. And then there was a couple individual efforts that were good, but yeah, I think the Q, you know, quarterback position, O-line, you know, really everywhere. We just didn't have much rhythm at all throughout the game. And, um, you know, you got to create your own, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we kind of talked about after the game, it's, it's not always going to be perfect. You know, the, the exact alignment that you think you're going to get the play call, like all those things. And we got to be able to adjust on the fly and, and manage some of the, uh, the unknowns that come up during a football game. Cause it, it, uh, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and, uh, I don't think it's ever gone exactly like you think it's going to go. So there's some, uh, you know, adjustments that you got to make as a player, as a coach throughout the game. And, and we got to help them with that. Um, and then they have to take responsibility of getting it done. Yeah, I'll go one better. It's almost never going to be perfect, right? You always have to make adjustments. Yeah. You know, 5,000 starting snaps professionally for me, and it was almost never perfect. You get it, you know, maybe twice a game that you got, you're like, oh, exactly what we were looking for. And then from that, you have to react and make it happen. You know, I, we talk about rhythm, you talk about rhythm. The difference between getting rhythm and not getting rhythm is converting that one third down you know, making this one play or that one block that then starts that series, starts that drive and puts the defense on its heels or getting a defensive stop. Yeah. We're not getting that right now, right? The Bears aren't getting that, creating that rhythm. How do you get over that hump? Because it's literally five to eight plays away in every yeah. single game that, that has been played this year. It's five to eight plays away from completely turning the tide of that game and creating that rhythm. How do you get to that? Yeah, uh, it's a great question, Mike, and you're spot on. And there's, I don't know that there's magic to that. You got to play through it and you got to find ways to make those individual plays. Because um, as you mentioned, uh, if we look at this season, we haven't found a lot of rhythm. Um, there've been stretches, but throughout the game to get the, you know, each and every unit and phase kind of uh, where it's, it feels like it's, you know, a well-oiled machine. We're not there yet. And the, uh, you know, you could take each each of those early losses and, and find, I don't even know if it's five plays. There might be one to two in those individual games that can really change the, the scope of the game. Um, and that's coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, that's the way this game goes. And you never know when that play's coming. So you always assume and operate like, it, like it's the next play. That's the one. And uh, you just have to play through it and you – you know, it's uh, confidence and trust in your own abilities and your teammates. It's the uh, preparation that goes into it, which I think the guys have done a nice job of. If, you know, I, I think I would be less surprised if it, if, if we hadn't practiced as well, you know, because we have done a good job in practice. The guys are very intent and uh, bring energy and focus to practice. We just haven't quite caught our rhythm as a team during the game. And I think you got to play through it and you got to create your own. You have to create your own breaks. You got to create your own luck, uh, you know, during a game. And the belief that I'm going to do it on this play is the exact point, right? Every, yeah. I have to believe every play that I'm going to be the difference maker on this play yeah. and play my assignment and do what I do. So it's, you know, it's a point well-made point well-taken. You had a bye week now to kind of work through this. I hate bye weeks. I, I especially hated bye weeks after a loss. Like you have to sit in it for a full two weeks of what's going on. How did you approach it with the team? And is there any in your history coaching, both as an assistant and now as a head coach, have there been any kind of mechanics or events that you've seen other coaches use or that you've used to kind of get through a phase like this? Well, I think uh, you, 
acknowledge the frustration and the emotion that comes with, uh, you know, the games turning out, not like, not how you expected them to. So you acknowledge that. And then you, you know, you utilize, you know, your, what you're really looking for is the response, you know, and is it, woe is me? And, you know, boy, bad break. And well, we, we blocked the punt and then they got the ball. I mean, you know, that attitude's not going to help anything. And so taking it uh, individually upon ourselves to be a part of the solution and finding a way to be a, just an, an inch or a percent better. And if we can do that as individuals, then the cumulative effect is, is uh, pretty, in, uh, pretty massive. And so we, we uh, you know, talk a lot about that. And we utilize this time this past week to take care of our bodies, uh, to work fundamentals and techniques that had shown up on tape. We did a lot of self-scout on, you know, what are the themes, you know, for example, defensively, uh, it was explosive passes and 15 yard variety penalties. Those have been the things that are much different and that showed up, you know, and, and why drives continued for the other offense. And so we talked about what led to those and, uh, and, uh, you know, for each unit, we, we did that and worked on those things. We also spent uh, a fair amount of time working development reps for guys that have played maybe fewer game reps that are in there, but just not playing as much that, that need those repetitions. So while we maybe took a few reps off the veteran guys who are playing a lot, uh, we, we gave a few more to some guys that can really uh, uh, benefit from the extra reps during a bye week. Well, that, and, and that kind of a nice segue to our next point is that I've seen coaches and I know that your staff is not like this. I know you, right. I've seen you enough that I know that you're not like this, but I've seen coaches that they get in a place like this and they're, they start panicking, right? Like they're in a rowboat that's sinking and they just start throwing the oars out. They don't know. They just kind of panic. I know that your staff is not like that, but you can plug the hole is, are there any personnel moves getting those guys development reps that we're going to see that are, are meant to plug that hole? Well, I think uh, you've seen some of the guys who, as the season's uh, gone on, have maybe earned some more reps with their play. Um, on defense, you've seen you know more and more of those young D linemen playing. Uh, the inside linebacker position with Femi and uh, Nate and Trey Pastor earning some more reps. Uh, you know, in the back end, you, you know Lou Hearns is a guy that jumps out right away, who's earned more reps and continues to improve. Um, you know, the, there's a, uh, offensively, I think you, you can see some of the, the tight end position, you know, I think, uh, Kalecki ended up playing 20 to 25 reps last, last game, and, uh, will continue to earn more, uh, some of those young wideouts. So I think there's, th those things are happening. Um, and it never goes, you know, as fast as you want it to, but, you know, you mentioned it, you know, it's, it's not a time to throw everything out and panic. I don't know that that uh, solves anything you know if it was if you don't have a chance to win if you haven't given yourself a chance to win any of the games then yeah maybe you got to transition everything you do offense defense and special teams but when you have opportunities to win and you're not it's finding the you know those marginal gains that's what's going to make the difference because you know we've said it there's a handful of plays not in just one game but a, throughout the season that can make this feel totally different yeah, totally. I played for a coach who did that in the arena league, John Forcade, worst coach in the history of football. And the team was the worst team in the history of football. So it was a perfect match at the time. He just threw everything out. Like, let's just sign a whole bunch of new players that don't know the offense. That makes a ton of sense. So can't do that. 
just find a way to plug the hole. This week, you got a Friday night game versus Oregon, right? Big competition, big stage Friday night. Uh, and, and obviously, the bye week allows you to kind of prep differently, right? Reset your week to start on Monday. So talk about what that means to the team, how you're getting prepped for that Friday night game. Yeah, so last week, we, as I mentioned, we did a lot of work on ourselves. We also spent some time introducing Oregon and some initial game plan, uh, which was very productive. And then we started our week yesterday on Sunday uh, to have a traditional uh, game week. So today is our, our four days out from the game, which is normally a Tuesday practice, even though we're on a Monday. So it's kind of a traditional uh, prep time that way. So it won't feel any different to the players in terms of what type of practices. We just got a bit of a head start last week. Yeah, and we're so used to playing night games in the Pac-12 anyway that it's just kind of a, you know, another game coming up. Yep. Oregon, really talented team. They've This year, as I've watched them, they've seemed to kind of get up for big games and play down in games that they didn't feel were as big. Kind of a roller coaster team this year. Uh, Stanford put it on them and, you know, exposed some of their weaknesses. Talk about what you've seen this Oregon team. Obviously, we have a familiar face up there in Coach DeRuiter, you know, mm -hmm. coaching on the defensive side of the ball. What do you see from them? What kind of challenges do they, do they present to you? Well, I think, uh, you know, personnel-wise, when you look at their offense, defense, uh, their kicking game, they're very, very talented group. Um, we all know that. Uh, they're explosive. They got uh, really good skill players. They're very talented, a bunch of all-conference players up front, uh, both sides of the ball. So uh, very, very talented group. And our guys are excited to play in that environment. You know, it's a, a hostile environment going up there and playing in Autzen. Um, but, uh, you know, from a schematics standpoint, kind of similar things that we've seen from the, uh, their offense in terms of the, you know, the QB and the uh, tempo and then the QB design runs and uh, some of the perimeter plays to get the ball to their receivers. They do throw it down the field well. They got good tight ends, backs. Uh, you know, defensively, it's going to look pretty similar to – to what we do, everybody's got their own wrinkles because the players are never the same, you know. So they're probably doing certain things a little more or less than we are and vice versa. And a ton of RPO, obviously, with that quarterback Brown. They're, they're running a bunch of kind of different RPO looks, spreading you side to side and hitting you kind of vertically as well. Defensively, does that change anything for you? Well, yeah, we see, you know, versions of this stuff uh, throughout the season. Um, and again, everybody has their wrinkle, no two quote unquote spread offenses are the same. Um, they do a good job with the RPO game. Uh, they got some misdirection stuff. They got some different types of, of backs that they're playing with. And so, yeah, again, uh, you know, we'll, we'll employ things that we think fit uh, what we do well versus uh, the personnel matchups, you know, and trying to find kind of the best, best of both worlds there. And then also moving the stress around, you know, not yeah, and finally, and finally, they lose their best running back, C.J. Verdell, who's been a stud for years, right? He's out with season-ending injury. They've got a DB, another DB, who's out for a season-ending injury. When you prep for personnel, does that change the way you look at the game and maybe some of the things you do? Um, you know, a little bit, but the other backs are really talented as well. You know, C.J. is a very, very good player. Um, but like I mentioned before, they've been recruiting at a very high level for a long time, and, and they have other good backs they can get the ball to. Well, great. Well, I appreciate it, Coach. Appreciate you coming on, as always. Looking forward to seeing the game this Friday night. Hopefully get a huge rebound against the Ducks up in Eugene. That's, I mean, that's a big one, especially for you, right? As an alum for Oregon, I know that you're a Cal guy now, but there's a little bit of that green and gold in there still. So it's a big game for you. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Mike.
Well, obviously the Bears are going to have to figure out a way to put it all together. Hopefully this bye week helps helps them get more reps for some of those players who are going to have to contribute now, get more confidence in what they were doing, maybe get back to the basics of technique and scheme and understanding the defense better. Sometimes it can be as simple as that. If players haven't dialed in mentally to what you're trying to teach them, they can't play it at full efficiency. So hopefully the Bears were able to do some great teaching during the week. Hopefully the Bears players can pick up their game versus Oregon. It's going to be a very hostile environment. Austin tends to be loud and rowdy. Friday night, I'm sure, is going to be loud and rowdy. And so I'm interested in seeing which Bears team comes out. I'm interested in seeing what the Bears do at the quarterback position. I hope Chase um, picks up his game, can play a better game this game. And I hope the Bears offense can be more consistent because that's a huge piece of this. Getting a couple of those third downs, keeping the drive alive, keeping the chains moving is a huge piece to the Bears developing consistency, developing confidence, developing understanding. Those have the ability on defense during the Wilcox era to kind of right the ship and get that confidence back and get those stops they needed. They haven't been able to do it this year, so they're going to have to get some offensive output as well. They've been, in terms of numbers and in terms of yardage, uh, they were, I think, number four before the Washington State game in terms of overall yardage. But they're going to have to find a way to make some of those plays that develop consistency for a team. Coming up, I will talk to the Ducks color analyst, uh, Mike Jorgensen, great dude, uh, has the full insight on the Ducks. Uh, he is my equivalent up there on the radio for the Ducks, and so he's been around the program. He's a quarterback there, uh, fantastic dude. We'll talk to him about the Ducks, and we will uh, – see what to expect on Friday. Anyway, I appreciate you guys watching. Looking forward to seeing this game on Friday. As always, for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast, I'm Mike Pulaski. Go Bears!